The MLS playoff chase is getting hot and heavy, and we saw a few teams step up when they needed to most. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. How you doing, Ivis? What is going on, Mr. Cleverly? I'm doing well, man. Just uh, you know, surviving out here in Arizona. We're having uh, it, it's like raining every day out here, man. It's bizarre. It's it's strange for Arizona, but don't worry, man. I'm staying dry, and I'm not. You know, my my tan is going pretty well, so everything's fine with me. Forget staying dry. Are you avoiding massive floods? Because it seems like there was that that period of time when every time I turned on CNN, it'd be like just flash flooding in Arizona somewhere, and I'd always have to wonder if you. You got caught up somewhere, and you're like on a rowboat, like going through your neighborhood. No, I'm, I'm in Central Phoenix. I mean, you kind of saw the general area where I live. That's like outside of Phoenix, where like where you get that flash flood stuff. I, I did drive past like some of the areas that had it. It's insane to see like the trees that fell over and stuff like that. It's, I think Phoenix, we've gotten like the most rain. Like in the last month, we've gotten them all the like this rain that we get for the entire year. We've averaged it higher. It's it's like it's like raining every other day. It's it's insane out here, man. Nice. No, well, one, no, no one knows how to handle that out here. It's bizarre. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, the weather here in Jersey has been beautiful. Today was, I thought it felt like it, I woke like I woke up and it was July. It was uh, it was like 88 degrees today. Beautiful weather. It was my younger son's uh, seventh birthday, so we uh, celebrated his birthday. Uh, took him out, took him around, got him some presents. He uh, hooked him up with some nice uh, posters, Lionel Messi poster, Neymar nice. poster. Uh, I did order him a Messi jersey because he loves Messi. He's seven years old, but he loves Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi. It didn't get here in time. I'm not going to put anyone on blast, but I, I was kind of disappointed with uh, with the, uh, the the slowness of the delivery of the jersey. I'm not going to I'm not going to name any names, but uh, I was a little disappointed by that. Well, maybe you should put yourself on blast. You probably didn't order it early enough. I hey, listen. It should not take more than a week for for a jersey to get to a, to get somewhere. Like that's I don't, I don't know, know, man. I th- I think you're making that up. I mean, we can't confirm it if you did purchase it a week out. So, I wouldn't have. Boy, look, I wouldn't have even brought it up if I if it was like a last last minute thing. I mean, to be fair, I don't. I, it's like the first jersey I think I've ever like ordered online because I get. I mean, I get a lot of jerseys like sent to me. Uh, I pick up jerseys, you know, here and there when I'm traveling. You know, if I'm in a particular uh, country or something, and you know, I want to have like a souvenir. I've got a nice little collection, but uh, yeah, the whole online ordering thing is is unique, and uh, yeah, it's crazy how much jerseys cost. I was totally it's, oblivious it's to this. Man. Uh, it was it was pretty insane, I got to say. So uh, yeah, I won't be ordering too many more jerseys. What was the uh, first jersey you had as a kid? Uh, ooh, man, I, I, pff, you got me. Probably a Redskins jersey, Washington Redskins jersey. Um, yeah. Probably, yeah, probably a Washington Redskins jersey, but maybe a Yankees jersey here and there. Yeah, I grew up, you know, grew up a Yankee fan. Yeah. Probably one of those, one of those. I had a, uh, I had a Jake Plummer Arizona Cardinals jersey. That was the first one I had. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Jake, Jake Plummer. <laughs> Jake, this, Jake the Snake. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's an interesting guy. Anyways, Ivis, enough, enough jersey talk, enough weather talk. We got to talk soccer. MLS Week 30 is in the books, and if you watched any matches from this past weekend, the playoff race, Ivis, is starting to heat up. It's exciting. It's been exciting for the last couple of months, but now it's getting into the final stretch where teams are getting close to desperation mode, fighting for every single point that they can get their hands on. In this past weekend, on Sunday night, New York Red Bulls, right when you thought that they were going to emerge and break through, they had a great week this past week. They go out to L.A. and get smoked 4-0. Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan, and Jazzy Zardes just shut down New York Red Bulls. 4-0, good victory for Galaxy. Right. I mean, I don't think anyone should have been surprised by this. Uh, you know, East Coast teams heading west, it's never easy. 
the Red Bulls, even though they did have a nice run, uh, I think they uh, they just ran into a buzzsaw. The Galaxy are playing really well. I know the Red Bulls were missing some players who uh, who picked up injuries in their Champions League game at the middle of the week. Uh, Lloyd Sam is one. Oyango's the other. Uh, but I got to say, listen, that, the, even if they had those guys, they would not have beat this LA Galaxy team. LA's playing some of the best soccer in the league mm-hmm. right now. <clears throat> Landon Donovan is going out with a bang. Jossie Zardes is playing with uh, incredible confidence. And Robbie Keane is just pulling the strings. He's just doing what he wants out there. Yeah, it's uh, it just it's it's crazy to think that that New York all of a sudden. I mean, you look at the victories that they had this past week. I mean, New York goes out, Ivis, and, and defeats Seattle Sounders four one, and all of a sudden you're saying, oh man, you know, defeating Seattle at home four one, maybe they go out and beat LA, and and no, they just didn't. Landon Donovan though did pick up three assists in this match, Ivis, so he did tie the all-time assist record in Major League Soccer. We'll probably break that before the end of the season. But, I mean, it, this this match, just it was all Galaxy. It, it just it was over very quickly, and Galaxy just dominated throughout. Right, right. I mean, with the, the, as far as the assist record, look, Donovan had a great game. Uh, the last assist, I got to say, was a little uh, – it looked on the replay. like it, Basically, it was a long ball from Donovan to Keane. Keane danced past Luis Robles, danced by uh, Ibrahim Sagaya, put the ball in the net. It looked like the ball touched Ibrahim Sagaya. And if a defender touches a ball, uh, it, it's supposed to wipe out the assists. Any assists prior to that contact, mm-hmm. um, it's a little it, – it's not, it's, not, it's not conclusive that he touched it. So I think MLS is going to err on the side of history. They're going to want to give Landon Donovan that record. So I don't think they're going to change the ruling on that. As far as the Red Bulls go, I, I said it – I feel like I said it in the last show. Even though they had that nice run of results, when you looked at the way things played out during that stretch, <clears throat> it was a little flattering. You know, we we said it. Seattle obviously put that put out a B team. They played KC when KC was in a rut. They had that really highly questionable red card against DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played a Phil- they played a Philly team that was resting several starters ahead of the Open Cup. So they they had everything go their way. And now this time around, they had they had some adversity and they faced the LA team that is just on fire right now. Uh, the Red Bulls, uh, I know some people are probably already panicking, some Red Bulls fans, especially, you know, you get eliminated from the Champions League, you get embarrassed uh, on national television on a Sunday night, and now, you, now you're like on the edge, teetering on the edge of, of maybe missing the playoffs, only one point ahead of Toronto FC now, but they, they've got, I believe they got three, three of their four remaining games are at home, uh, so their next run of games now, they have Houston at home, Toronto at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have Columbus at home, and then they play. And they close out at Kansas City. So you know, as good as they are at home, they should be able to get the points necessary. But those games, all of a sudden, every single one of them, and especially those Toronto and Columbus games, are going to be can't miss because I mean that's that's the two teams that they're de- that's the teams they're dealing with to get into the playoffs, and they have to win those games. Uh, New York is home, Ivis, against Houston, Toronto, and Columbus, and they're on the road against Sporting Kansas City in the final. So for New York, look, the, the chance of making the playoffs, Ivis, it's in their hands. I mean, do you look at this as just a kind of a blip on the radar? They had to go out to the West Coast. They had to face a very tough LA Galaxy team, or I mean, or is this kind of just maybe a spell of, look, with these matches coming up for them, with this loss right here, with Toronto creeping up, Philadelphia's still there. I mean, New York is in danger of missing out on the playoffs. Well, I said it a while back that it was a possibility that they could miss the playoffs. But then they had that run of results that, you know, I, I don't think many people, including myself, would have seen coming as far as them getting, uh, uh, what was it, what they end up with, 10 points out of a possible 12, mm-hmm. uh, playing KC, DC, uh, Philly, in Philly, and Seattle. So they did really well for themselves. If they And now it's looking like they absolutely had to have those results because 
things are going to be really tough. Houston is looking like they're starting to wake up a bit. They're, Houston right now, they're 3-0-2 in their last five in uh, in league play, unbeaten in five. So they're, they're not going to be a pushover. And then obviously you have Columbus and, uh, and Toronto, Toronto-Columbus, the two teams that are uh, you're fighting tooth and nail with. So that those games are going to be uh, crazy to watch. And the Red Bulls, Mike Pecky, he's going to have he's going to earn his money in these next few weeks managing because they they basically need. I would say you know you don't want to say they need to win all three, but they need seven points. They need seven points out of those three games uh, just to be safe and be comfortable heading into that Sporting Kansas City finale. Because you do if you're the Red Bulls, you do not want to go to to Sporting Park. Needing a result, you absolutely don't because the way the way things are looking right now, uh, Casey's gonna go into that game needing uh, you know, looking for a result, right? They're gonna be looking uh, to try to get a result out of that. So it, it's it's not gonna be easy uh, for the LA Galaxy. The the three points uh, allow them to keep pace with the Seattle Sounders, who we'll talk about them and the victory over Chivas USA. Uh, another East West Conference shutdown pitted the uh, Portland Timbers against Toronto FC. Uh, I mean, 11 seconds in this match, Ivis, the match totally changes and just an unfortunate 50-50 challenge. Will Johnson, Ivis, is done for the season, breaks his leg. And, uh, I mean, that impact just had had a major play on this match. Portland didn't look like the same team without Will Johnson, who, you know, the stalwart in the middle, in the midfield for them. And, uh, Ivis, I mean, this is just a huge blow to the Portland Timbers losing Will Johnson. It was just a devastating day all around. I mean, you could not have had a worse day if you think about it. I mean... You lose your captain, the heart and soul of your team, in the first minute of the game, and then you still go out and have a, a great start. You're up 2-0. You're feeling good going into the second half, and then the wheels absolutely fall off. You give up three goals, and now you lose, and all of a sudden you're out of the playoff picture. <clears throat> and then Vancouver beats RSL, which, you know, to see Vancouver wake up finally. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, you could not have asked for a worse day if you're Caleb Porter and the Timbers. And right now... You know, I've been saying it for so long that look, the Timbers, they're gonna they're gonna pull it out, they're gonna pull it out, they're gonna pull it out. But the way things went that day, losing Will Johnson, uh, I mean, of all the players you can lose, I mean, I think him and Valeri are just two guys that you just can't replace. So uh, it's it's not looking good right now. It's not looking good. And and you know, well, the, if you're, the immediate reaction I have right now seems just kind of everyone saying, oh, "Oh my God, this is it. We're done. The Portland Timbers. We're not going to make the playoffs." I mean, do you see this injury as? The Portland Timbers, I mean, do you, was Will Johnson that much of an impact for this team? And look, he, he is a major impact for this team. But is this going to be enough to prevent the Portland Timbers from being able to pick up some results here in these last four matches to make the playoffs? Well, he he's he's really the, the glue in the middle for them. I mean, not only not only in his play, but his leadership in the locker room and on the field. I mean, he just does so much. He just does so much for them. So uh, it, it's a big loss, it, it, you know. It's hard. It's hard to quantify it. Uh, you, you know, the stats aren't going to tell you just what he means to that team. And uh, other people are other people going to have to step up, no doubt about it. And now here's the thing: their next game, uh, it's if I if I'm if I'm correct here, I think they're going to be missing Valeri. I think yes, he's got a, yeah, I think, against, against San Jose for he'll get, he'll be suspended due to yellow card uh, buildup for him. Right. So yeah. So you've got Valeri out. You've got Will Johnson out, and I think Diego Chara might be out. So all of a sudden, you're missing your entire midfield triangle. Now, now, mind you, San Jose is, is, a, is, a, is a mess right now. They're a mess. They haven't won in two, four, six, eight, ten games. So, you know, it, it, other than Chivas USA, you'd probably be happiest to be facing San Jose. But I'd say this. Uh, There's no guarantees, not, though. There's no guarantees, though. I, fine. But it's not the end of the road. 
Uh, look, San Jose snake pit. I mean, they just lost Steven Linhart to a biking accident, apparently. So they're a mess. But I would say this. Caleb Porter, I, I'm sure, is de- as devastating as it was. I'm sure he's loving the challenge. And I'm sure as a, as a coach and being the kind of coach that he is, he is not going to rest until he figures out a solution to come up with, with, with the lineup that's going to help them get the results they need uh, and help them deal with the loss of Will Johnson. And, and I, I, I say this. They're they're not done, but they're not a lock anymore. They 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 really need they really need to make some things happen. The schedule works out pretty well for them when you think about you, you have you have San Jose in, in a in a home and home series, and how we already talked about how San Jose has been struggling. If you can get your points there, you want to get your points there before you go up against RSL and FC Dallas, which is going to be tough. Vancouver also has a rough schedule. I, I mean, their their next two games are rough. They got FC Dallas and Seattle before they close out with San Jose and Colorado, which are two pretty weak opponents. But now things are all of a sudden super interesting. When Portland crushed Vancouver, we thought, this is it, end of the road. Mm -hmm. And then Toronto steps up and just shakes it all up, shakes the Western Conference up, and they shake the Eastern Conference up because here they are. We thought they were dead. We thought they were finished. And Toronto FC is back in the picture. Oh, okay. When you talk about this victory for Toronto, uh, Nick Hagelund ha- had a little bit of mis- he had a mistake in the first half that did allow a goal. But then he gets a brace in the second half. Michael Bradley scores a goal. So for Toronto, Ivis is a team that we've seen all season long, just inability to finish, inability to come back, you know, inability just to be able to find a way to win. Because I mean, as I, you know, as I always say, good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose. And Toronto, I'm not saying they're a good team here, but they found a way to win. And winning in Major League Soccer is not easy. When you put this victory on a scale of, of victories for Toronto FC this their season, I mean, where do you place this victory? I mean, how much of it you know plays in part to Greg Fanny? How much is it playing to a part that Will Johnson got injured in this match? But when you look at Toronto, I mean, is, is this a season-defining win for them, something that they can now turn into a positive and make that run for the playoffs? There's no way to know that yet. I mean, I think it's obviously it's a huge win for them. It's a, it's a big confidence builder. But look, their next game, here's your reward. You go play the LA Galaxy, the best team in the league. So things are only going to get tougher for them. So uh, they're not out of the woods yet. I mean, when, when you look at their, their remaining schedule, they got LA, Houston, New York, Montreal, and then they close out at New England. So still very, very, very tough. They're, they're not in yet. They're still behind the Red Bulls. But, you know, if, if they can split their next two games, I mean, I, it's going to be tough for them uh, going, going up against LA. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they, go, if they play... If they can get the points they need, three three. If they can get three points out of their next two, and they go into the Red Bull scheme uh, with a chance to win in New York, uh, then they you kind of say, oh, they got they have their fate in their hands a bit. But it's still not easy. But I tell you what, at least they're in it. I mean, they won the two games they needed to win. Uh, they needed to beat Chivas. That was a no brainer. Uh, but then they had to win. They had to find a way to beat Portland. And then they've done that. So give them the credit. Give Greg Vandy credit. Give Michael Bradley some credit. I mean, the guy has been getting beat up. Uh, 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 facing a lot of uh, justified criticism for his play since he's been back from the World Cup. But he steps it up, had a great game. Obviously, he scored the winning goal, which obviously was the free kick ball in. Nobody got a head on to it. Doesn't matter how it goes in, but it went in, and now they're still alive, and you got to love that. Uh, staying in the Eastern Conference, New England Revolution defeated Sporting Kansas City 3-2. to Sporting Kansas City, their slide continues. Yes, they did defeat Saprissa, and yes, they did 
destroy Chivas USA. But, man, look, when you look at Sporting Kansas City, Ivis, they have one win in their last six matches. New England is now 3-0 and this season against Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City has now dropped three matches at home in a row. I believe first time that has ever been done in franchise history for them. And, uh, I mean, Livis, look, a huge victory for New England to go in and just continue to add to Sporting Kansas City's woes on defense. And that midfield is also atrocious. Sporting Kansas City, man, Ivis, they are... They are not playing well right now. Yeah, it was it was pretty shocking to see, and uh, I think you know what my my theory on KC is this right now. We need to realize they lost quite a few players. They Jimmy Nielsen retired. Uh, they lost Chance Myers to a season-ending injury. They lost Michael Parra to a season-ending injury, and that really and they lost Yuri Rosell. They transferred him to Sporting uh, Sporting uh, Lisbon in, in Portugal. That to me is their biggest problem this year. Is yeah, not having him. no, you know, you know what? That's that's one of them, but it really isn't the the, the issue with them. Uh, I mean, several issues, but the defensive depth and the depth overall that they've lost because of these moves and these injuries has cost them. Uh, it's cost them minutes that, you know, I think Peter Vermees did such a great job last year of managing minutes, making sure his guys had rest. And we saw this week they, they, they played in Champions League. Uh, and he played pretty much a first choice uh, ch- uh, lineup in Champions League. And, they, and the fatigue set in. The, f- the fatigue, no doubt about it, set in in this game against New England. Uh, they, I thought they played pretty well in the first half. They controlled it, but they gave up those two goals, mm-hmm. the, t- the uh, you know, tired legs for sure. And then in the second half, you know, they, they came out guns blazing. They came out with the energy. Paulo Nagamura played out of his mind for a good 15, 20 minutes where he just dominated the game. Uh, and then, you know, they had they, 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 they pull even. It's 2-2. And then they just looked tired. They didn't close it out. Uh, uh, Jermaine Jones, they gave him way too much space. Mm-hmm. The midfield, Benny Fellhaber, uh, it was a combination of people who, who on the breakdown on the Jermaine Jones goal. First, it's a great strike by Jermaine Jones. Yep. But Benny Fellhaber didn't get back well enough. The defense didn't step up. Eric Kronberg absolutely needs to save that. I mean, a, a third, it, it wasn't – Jermaine Jones didn't hit it that well. I think I think more keepers save that than don't save it. So, you know, there are a lot of blame to go around. But the question is, uh, do they have enough left in the tank to really make a run at a repeat? And I think there's serious questions to be, to be well, asked a, about a that. A repeat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. I mean, do the – look, they're in the playoffs right now, Ivis. They're clear by five points. But – I think the, the bigger question now facing Sporting Kansas City with the side that they're on, do they have enough to even make the playoffs? Now you're just being – that's ridiculous. Come on. They're, they're going to make the playoffs. That's not even a, it's not even a question. The question is, are they going to – do they have a legitimate chance to repeat? And I've been saying it for some time now uh, that, you know, they, 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 uh, they were in my four teams of the elite title contending teams, and I've been holding out for them, holding out, believing that they would straighten things out. But now – Looking at how shaky their de- how shaky their defense is, how tired they look, the, I really think the, the 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 loss of so many players has hurt their depth to the point that guys have had to play more minutes than they're used to, and and I don't know if they're going to have enough okay. left in the tank. But, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to win it. I don't think they're going to win it. Okay, how can look, you look, honor, look, they're look, make he, he, look, here's the remaining schedule. They play DC next week. Right. DC wins. Okay. That's not a gimme. They play Chicago. I, I would say, okay, let's just say DC wins. They play Chicago. That should be a win for them right there. 
Then they play Philadelphia. I'm sorry, Philadelphia has a way better midfield. Who's we've seen the problems with the midfield sporting Kansas City has. Let's say that's a win for Philadelphia. Then they it's play not New a win. York. Why is that a win for? How do you just then let, give then, a win? Then, to, then let's say they, no, 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 no. How do you just give them a win? That's a, that's crazy. What are you talking about? How I do think, you give them? I think first off, Philadelphia's played Sporting Kansas City pretty well this year. They have defeated them on the road. I think they have what? Philadelphia might have two wins over Sporting Kansas City this year. And with Maurice to do anchoring your midfield, kind of what Jermaine Jones did in this game. Look, Sporting Kansas City's problem. Jermaine is not the Jones back is line. not Jermaine Jones is not Marisa Do. Philadelphia is on a three match winning streak as it is. They're not. It's not like they're playing great either. Point, I mean, point I'm saying is it's not like it, they're out of the clear. That's the how about I'm let's bet? That. Let's bet. Let's bet. What do you want to bet? Let's bet. Let's bet. Whatever you want. Let's bet that they're going to make the playoffs. The playoffs is not. They're going to make I'm not the gonna, playoffs. I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm not. They have to. They I'm have to lose saying. out. They have to lose out. That's not a question. I mean, okay, in theory, fine. If they lost all four games, they could theoretically miss the play, but they're not going to lose all four games. It's not going to happen. They're going to – DC United is not going to be easy. Uh, and the Red Bulls game, you could say it's up, but they're, you know, they're going to be at home, and the Red Bulls are not that good on the road. Like, it's not – honestly, man, it's not a concern at all. They're going to get the, – they're going to make the playoffs. The, 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 thing, the bigger thing for me is that I think at this point, the way they looked and the way DC looked, I think you have to now put DC into that into that elite category. I think you got to go. I mean, first of all, I think LA and Seattle—they're kind of they've made their own category now, where they are the absolute favorites right now. Uh, and then you go, and then you go in second tier where you can have uh, DC, RSL, and now you can talk about FC Dallas. I think you can talk about them in that second tier, and then you got to go to a third tier to get to. I think Sporting KC at this point because I, I just think the fatigue is really showing on that team. Uh, New England now has six wins in the last seven matches. They're six points behind DC for first in the East. I mean, any chance that New England catches DC though? Uh, it, let's see how many points do they got. Uh, Forty-five and DC has fifty-one. Six points. That's yeah. That's a lot of points to make up. Especially DC's playing well. DC's got Chris Pontius back. They've got Eddie Johnson back from the concussion. You know, issue that he had. Uh, they're just a real professional team, you know. They they've got that veteran uh, unit in there, and now they're playing with they're playing with confidence, and and they're not are they are they flashy? Are they running up the score, putting up four, five, six goals like the Galaxy are? No, but they they they're organized defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 find their goals. Uh, Luis Silva's playing out of his mind. Yep. Fa- Fabiana Spindle is playing great. I mean, they're playing so well that, uh, you know, Eddie Johnson, he, uh, there were there were some questions, and I feel like I said, we talked about this in the past about, you know, does Ben Olsen just have to sit him? And now it's clear he's not he's not going to be afraid to sit him because, you, you know, why mess with a good thing? Nope. They're, playing really, they're playing really well defensively. You got Bill Hamid playing, at, playing great. Uh, Steve Birnbaum is a rookie, has really just just blossomed it's in the center back spot. Bobby Boswell's looking good. Davey Arnault, er, er, a lot of good things. Everything's going well for yeah. them, so you know I think they're going to hold on. I think I think New England. Now you got to like New England's chances to grab the two seed, but uh, I don't I don't know if New England's going to catch DC. That's going to be tough. Moving over to the Western Conference, Vancouver Whitecaps, as we discussed a little earlier, defeated Real Salt Lake two to one, a major victory for for Vancouver, especially couple that in with the Portland Timbers loss. RSL, little frustrating day for them. Uh, though for Vancouver at home, I was like, you, you can't underestimate, you know, just how big of a win this was for them over Real Salt Lake. No doubt about it. I mean, they needed they needed it, and 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 the way they they had been playing, uh, you, you really wondered if Carl Robinson would be able to kind of summon some life out of this group, and and they hadn't shown much. Uh, but you know, credit to them, they they stepped up and 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 they got a win against an RSL team that obviously they're tougher at home, but still, you you, you think that. 
given the lineup, I mean, they had everyone except, uh, you know, Nick Romano didn't play, but I don't think Jeff Antonello was the reason they lost this game. Yeah, some people said that. I, I, th- I thought that funny when everyone's like, oh, RSL benched their players. Okay, RSL's bench players are still starting for most other teams in Major League Soccer, especially Jeff Antonello, who has probably been the best backup goalkeeper this season for any team. Well, he's he's pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you're – Okay. Actually, okay. They got Romando was out. Chris Schuler was out. Um, Tony Beltran was out. Uh, Ned Grabboy was out. Yeah. So you know they sat quite a few players. Actually, to be fair, yes, they sat. They sat a decent number of players. But uh, but still, like you said, their bench is good, man. Yeah, Lu- you're, Mulholland- bringing, you're bringing Luis Gill off your bench. Okay. <laughs> Louis, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Luis Mulholland, Luis Gill. I mean, those guys. You still got Sabri, Plata, Morales. Exactly. Top. Exactly. You still, you still got Borchers and Wingert and Beckerman in the back. So you still got a pretty <laughs> exactly. Strong team. Yeah. So we're, we're we're not gonna take anything away from Vancouver. Vancouver still had to play well, and they did, and they, and they performed well. Uh, is it going to be enough? Uh, but I, I tell you what, as much as this win is going to give them momentum, they have to gain some uh, energy and some and some com- confidence out of what's going on with Portland. I mean, they have to look at that and say, uh-oh, well, they just lost their captain. Uh, that's a huge blow. He's out for the year. That's going to be a mental uh, a mental hurdle for them to overcome. So that's got. If you're Vancouver, you got to look at that and say, "We can get this now. We can get this." And and the last two games of the season uh, set up pretty well for them, uh, San Jose and Colorado. But they still have to get through FC Dallas, which <laughs> exactly. won't be easy, and and Seattle, which won't be easy. So uh, it, th- these two games are going to tell us a lot if if they're realistically going to have a chance. They got to get something out of these games. Uh, they have to get at least two to two or three points out of these next two games. And then they set themselves up really well. <laughs> I love I love the way you presented that. The last two games are pretty good, but you have FC Dallas in Seattle. I, I thought that was funny the way you presented that. Uh, for RSL, Ivis, uh, you know, they still got Chivas USA twice on the schedule for the last four uh, games for them. So, you know, any chance of Dallas catching them for that third spot in the Western Conference probably is not going to happen. I mean, at this point, any match against Chivas USA, if you're a playoff team, you could probably bag those points anyway. So Real Salt Lake... I mean, this loss at this point, Ivis, kind of takes them away from being able to overtake Seattle or LA for the first or second spot in the Western Conference. Right. I mean, I think now that we're seeing LA really turn it on, it probably isn't. It wasn't going to happen anyway. Uh, but I do question the decision to sit so many players for this particular game when you've got Chivas USA coming up on your schedule. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you play your eleven, your best eleven, in Vancouver? And then play Chivas with your reserves. I mean, I get it on one hand. Yeah, you know, one less game on turf doesn't hurt when you're talking about a well, veteran. And team. Vancouver's turf is, uh, yeah, right. So I, I get that. I get that. So I mean, to be fair to, to Jeff Kassar, I can see the, the logic behind that. In that, uh, you know, one 90 minute game on that turf is like playing two whole games. So maybe uh, we rest these particular guys, and, and and then you know it sets us up better for the playoffs. We're probably going to be two three or four anyway we're probably gonna be three or four anyway so let's get let's uh you know let's get rested up so i i understand it i understand it i just part of me thinks she was usa so bad that you wouldn't even have to bring like you could you wouldn't even have to try you wouldn't even have to dress your starters to play to beat Chivas usa i mean i i just they're that bad so i i would like to have seen ourselves full squad in vancouver i think they take the three points if they did that but you have to manage your team uh, especially as we get closer. We're, it's almost October, so you, Jeff Kassar's been around long enough with this team to know how important that is. Exactly. Uh, D.C. defeated 
Philadelphia Union 1-0. Luis Silva, as you mentioned, performing very well for D.C. with the goal in this one. A lot of good performances around for D.C. David Arnold, Perry Kitchen, Fabio Basel all had good matches uh, in this one for them. And, and for D.C., Ivis, it just creates that space at the top of the Eastern Conference for them to claim the number one spot going from worst to first. Looks like that is going to become a reality now. Yes, man. D.C. United, you got to take them seriously. as a, They look every bit like a title contender. I mean, they're still a notch. As I said, they're still a notch below. Seattle and L.A. are playing out, out of their minds right now. I mean, well, L.A. more than Seattle, but those are the favorites. But D.C., uh, I just think the quality that they're showing the, and the depth that they have. And having, I tell you what, Chris Pony is coming back, uh, a, a bit of a, the rich getting richer. Uh, you know, you already have Luis Silva and uh, Fabiana Spindle playing great together. Uh, but then to have Chris uh, Pontius as an added piece, you still got Chris Rolfe, who's recovering from an injury, who was having a good season. Uh, it's it's scary to think how, mu- how many options Ben Olsen will have at his disposal uh, to finish this thing out, which is why I think they're going to hold on to the top spot in the East. And the way things are going for them, uh, you know, with the with the records and everything, they could actually hold out for, hypothetically, let's say they win the East, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And if if somebody like RSL or FC Dallas uh, emerges uh, as a surprise out of the West, I mean, if, you know, it, it, odds are it won't happen. But if they do, all of a sudden you're talking about DC United uh, potentially hosting the MLS Cup final. Uh, the way things are going, they have the third best record overall. Seattle and LA are clear. I mean, it's going to be down to them in those last two games for the Supporter Shield and the number one seed in the playoffs. Uh, but if RSL... But if things hold the way they are, D.C. United, in theory, could go from last place, worst record, fewest wins in the history of MLS, to hosting an MLS Cup final. And that would be unbelievable. Even by MLS uh, turnaround standards, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be amazing. Credit to Ben Olsen. The Philadelphia Union, they just, uh, they just, were, they just weren't quite – they didn't quite have it. They didn't quite have it. Uh, and and they, they seem to be slowing down a bit. And now, obviously, the questions are going to come out. Uh oh, is are they? You know, did it just is is Jim Curtin? Is he gonna? Is he not gonna get the job now? Is he not doing a good enough job? Look, DC just a better team, right? They're a better team. Philadelphia has some quality, but they, you know, they've hit a bit of a rut again. Uh, I don't think they're out of the conversation yet. I still think they they could absolutely uh, climb back up into the playoff picture. I mean, they've got some games now. You've got Chicago coming up at home. They got to win that. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Columbus, which mm-hmm. th- there you go. It's one of the teams you're trying to catch. They play Columbus twice. Yeah, they still they how, still how nice, have how nice is that? Right, they still got Columbus twice. Uh, so if you if you're looking at it from that that, that standpoint, even if you lose your game uh, to KC, uh, which is I believe it's in it's in Philly, right? It's in Philly. Uh, then if you win this Chicago game, you really have your your destiny in your hands because if you beat Columbus twice, then you're gonna you're gonna pass them, right? So. Philadelphia, I think they're still they're still in a decent spot. Yeah, but they they need their forwards to finish. And uh, I don't know what's going on with the goalkeeper situation. Not that Ryzen Bully was in, was was really to blame for either of those goals, but I don't know, man. I just think I just think I, I still I feel like I said it in the beginning. I say it now. I feel like bringing him in wasn't the right move. I feel like it's messing with the chemistry of the team. Uh, when you've got your guy McMath, who I thought really was doing well for himself, it really improved. Uh, and was in a nice run. I know he's had his moments here and there, but I think at the end of the day, when they keep toying with that goalkeeper position, I feel like it's going to cost them. 
And staying in the Eastern Conference, Houston Dynamo pick up a very big victory over the Chicago Fire. They're now unbeaten in their last five matches. Omar Cummings with the goal. Oscar Bonin Garcia also with the goal in this one. Ivis, it might be a little too much too late for the Houston Dynamo to make the playoffs. But, hey, I, I mean, they're not out yet, Ivis. Crazy things have happened. Can Houston pull it off, win their last four matches, and make the playoffs? <coughs> Yeah, you never you never want to count Dobkinier out, but uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, look at it right now. They're five points out of the playoffs. Uh, they're four points out. They're five points out with a game in hand on the Red Bulls. Uh, they play the Red Bulls. Uh, wait, do they? Play? No, no, they don't play the Red Bulls. Sorry. Um, wait, do they? Do they play the Red Bulls? Yes. This. Yes. Okay, so they play the Red Next Bulls. Next match, they play the Red Bulls. They, you right. were, you yeah. were right, Evans. Come on, you gotta believe your instincts, man. I got, I'm doing five things at once right now. But uh, Tor- Toronto FC is four points ahead of them. They're even on games. Toronto plays the Red Bulls. So it's going back to the whole thing where we talked about it's tough when you have to hurdle. Uh, I mean, right now they'd have to hurdle three teams. And when you have those teams playing each other in, in cases, so many things have to go your way. I mean, all they can, all they can control is the games that they play. So if they can get res- keep getting results, uh, they have turned it on a bit. I mean, what are they? Th- they're three They've unbeaten in five. They're three, one, and two in their last six. So they have slowly started to rack up the points. But let's look at that. Let's look at the remaining schedule: Red Bulls, TFC, DC United, New England, and then Chicago. So right now, let's just say they find a way to beat the Red Bulls in New York. Never easy, right? Then they then they beat. That's their kind of. That's their game in hand, right? So then they close the gap, uh, and then they play Toronto. So if they win those two games, all of a sudden. You're feeling like, wow, they could do it again. Dom Kinnear work his magic again. But then what happens? Boom, D.C., New England, you're next too. <laughs> so they're not dead yet. And I know I said last show they're done. But they're not dead yet. But like, I, I, the, the, there's, some, there's, some, there's some dirt on the coffin. There's still a chance that they could just you know, come back to life and pop out of that coffin and pop out of that grave. But it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. They do close out with Chicago. You'd like to think that's three points for them. But this schedule, this next four games is so, so tough. We'll see what Dom Kinnear can do. Oh, speaking of Dom Kinnear, reports Ivis did come out earlier this week that uh, this possibility that Houston's giving him the option of being able to interview for any job and, and then the San Jose Earthquakes is, are coming up as a possible location for him to return to and, and coach them. What, what do you make of these reports coming out before the season ending with, with Dominic Kinnear possibly not, not you know, being the head coach at the Houston Dynamo next season? Uh, what, you know, it's funny. A year ago, I was hearing these same rumors about Dom Kinnear taking over the, uh, the San Jose job. Uh, obviously, Mark Watson's had some struggles. They just signed him to a new deal. So, <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, it, it, you know, I, I feel like we've always expected Dom Kinnear to go back to San Jose. Uh, for those who don't know, Dom Kinnear John, and, and, and San Jose GM John Doyle are our best friends, from what I understand. Very, very close. So, you know, between that and between the fact that, hey, Dom Kinnear, one of the better coaches in the history of MLS uh, and is from the area. Uh, so it, it always kind of seemed fitting that he would go back to San Jose. Uh, I think it'll happen. I think at this point it'll happen. He, you know, Houston... He's done. He's done enough for Houston, right? He, I mean, he's won titles there. He's made them a perennial contender. Uh, so I, I think it's only right that they now have granted him permission to talk to San Jose, assuming San Jose uh, offers him the job. I, I guess they've granted him permission to leave 
if San Jose offers him the job, and I think I think they will. I think if you're San Jose, uh, you know, with all due respect to Mark Watson, things just haven't gone that great for him uh, this year. I know they've had injuries and everything, <clears throat> but it just it just hasn't been good enough. So if you can get Dom Kinnear, you get Dom Kinnear. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's we, and you and I have talked about this on this show too. You know, Houston Dynamo. You know what do they do if they don't make the playoffs? Not the death sentence of Dominic Kinnear, but just kind of just an interesting thing not to see Houston Dynamo, especially a team led by Dominic Kinnear, not making the playoffs. Heading over to the Western Conference, Seattle Sounders defeated Chivas USA four to two. If you're a Seattle Sounders fan, you might have been scratching your head for a few minutes in this match when Chivas USA goes up a goal, then Obi Philly Martin scores, and then Chivas USA scores again. But Ivis Chivas USA, as we keep talking about, is the punching bag for the rest of the league. Seattle then goes out and scores three unanswered goals and picks up the three points and continues their quest to win all three trophies in Major League Soccer play in the 2014 season. I really, I really thought I jinxed the Sounders because as you remember the last show, yeah. I said, Chivas USA has no chance to win this game. There's no way in hell they're going to win this game. I had it. I think I had it 5-0 for Seattle. So credit to them. They showed some life. Eric Kubo Torres stepping up. Uh, you know, They made it a game. They made it interesting. But Seattle's just too good. Seattle, uh, yeah. Chivas USA's defense. Chivas, Chivas USA's defense is just so bad. Um, I mean, I'd say it now. I mean, I, I mean it's, it's easy to rip on Chivas USA. But I honestly believe that they're they're about two or three NASL teams right now that are better than Chiefs USA, and uh, at least at least two, at least two. Uh, I think Minnesota and San Antonio probably definitely. What about um, Sacramento Republic? Are they also better than Chiefs USA? Mm, it's a big drop off. USL to MLS to USL Pro, big drop off. I think it's uh, it's right. uh, it is. I mean, I, you know, no, hey, I'm, I'm not. I'm just asking. Yeah, no, I'm not going to go that far. But anyway, back to the point. Seattle. They can turn it on when they want. <clears throat> they always saw that as a, as a kind of an easy guaranteed three points. They might have fell asleep a little bit, but I mean, if you're, what are you worried about? If you're say all your thing, I know they won't say this, but all they're thinking about right now is those two games against the Galaxy. They got Colorado up next. Colorado's a, a bit of a lame duck as it is too. I mean, who remembers their last win? Uh, and then Vancouver. They, I did. That's, the, the last one was against Chivas USA on July 25th. Hey, you didn't remember that. You just clicked that on your on your computer. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, details. So, so so Seattle has Vancouver, which is going to be you know Vancouver. You know they're they're fighting for their lives. They're going to make that a game. But if you're Seattle, you're, you're focusing on those two games against LA, supporter shield on the line, uh, <clears throat> a chance to have a, a slightly a, an easier road <clears throat> in the playoffs because the number one seed is going to get to face the wild card. Uh, the four and the the winner of the four five game uh, in the semis. So I mean, there is something. There's going to be a decent amount on the line in that home and home. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to it. I I wanted to I wanted those games to mean something. Uh, I it is a little sad that I'm not going to actually go to those games. I I had actually planned to go to both the Seattle LA games, but the way the Eastern Conference is shaping up, uh, I've decided to stay out east, stay here in the East until the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, I'll I'll, uh, I'll hit up the Western Conference, but. Uh, Seattle's on cruise control right now, man. They're they're playing well, uh, and I just want to see Seattle LA. Let's get it over with. Let's fast forward to two weeks from now. Uh, another team that continues to play well is Columbus Crew. They went out and defeated the resurgent Montreal Impact, who are who, are, who have been better over the last month of play. Uh, but for Columbus Ivis, this is just another big victory for them. Uh, you know, being able to pick up three points and be able to climb up the Eastern Conference standings and, and put your, put themselves in a more favorable spot for the playoffs. I'll sum it up very easily. Columbus, uh, looking like a playoff team. Montreal, obviously, 
they're they're thinking about the Champions League. They're thinking about uh you know looking at 2015. So Columbus, they keep on rolling, but the tougher games await. Uh, in the battle for the who's just a little bit better than Chivas USA in the Western Conference between Colorado and the San Jose Earthquakes, Ivis, uh, both teams uh, play to a one-one draw. So there you go. There you have the it. Le- the less said about this game, the better. Uh, the only interesting side note off of this game, I'll say, is that how this is how bad things are going for San Jose. That Stephen Lenhart reportedly uh, cut his foot uh, riding a bike and is now probably going to miss the rest of the season. I mean, talk about every. It, what, type, wait, the, what, what type of bike? I don't know, man. Uh, it's just it like a bicycle, you know, or like a, like a Harley. I'm, I'm curious it, now. It, no, it's a bicycle. I, I'm pretty sure most oh, contracts. Oh, most man. <laughs> most most contracts do not allow <clears throat> for riding of motorcycles. But anyway. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, so talk, yeah. It, what I will say, it's interesting with San Jose because you remember the year they won the Supporter Shield. Everything went yeah, right. Exactly. Them. Every late game, every comeback, every extra stoppage time goal, and you you came away feeling like they sold they sold their soul to the devil to have their dream season, and they had it. They didn't win an MLS Cup, but they won the Supporter Shield and they won all these uh, uh, you know. Uh, crazy, crazy games that they won. Most of them, a lot of them at Buckshaw. And now it seems like they're paying the piper. Now it seems like it's all coming back the other way and things are just looking really ugly in San Jose. But hey, fear not. Seems like, you know, Dom Kinnear and the Cavalry are on the way and the Tommy Thompson era can begin. And with that, that wraps up MLS Week 30, our coverage of that. I was going to preview all the games for this weekend. I was, I mean, it's crazy to think, dude, just four matches left. For most teams, some teams do have five. But four matches left for the regular season before we move over to the playoffs. Moving over to a subject that, that is related to Major League Soccer. You wrote an article on Goal.com that discussed what is a homegrown player. And I feel like that phrase and that, and that term is being applied very loosely to a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, you know, media included, along with some fans, are very confused with what exactly a homegrown player is. Well, okay, just to clarify, the article in question is more about the myth that has become the whole homegrown player uh, idea. And 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 just a long story short, I, I would recommend go and reading go read the gold.com piece. It's already live. It dropped late uh, Sunday night, so it's already out there. Check it out. But to sum it up. Uh, and I had a rant on. We had a rant on the show. I had a rant on the show a little while back about it. it was, yes, it was recent. It was pretty recent. But I, just to kind of refresh your memories, the whole point is this: there's a lot of propaganda out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff being written. There's a lot of promotion, a lot of marketing stuff being pushed on MLS soccer fans about <clears throat> homegrown players uh, and MLS developing its own talent. And the gist of the story is. That this whole thing is really a myth in a, on a lot of levels because in a lot of these cases, some of the top players that are being promoted the most are players who were not developed in MLS academies. They were players who spent time in MLS academies, but they're not players who spent years and years and years in MLS academies. And mm-hmm. that's where there, there's a lot of it's just there's just it's a myth. It's becoming a it's a myth. It's a myth. Uh, and, and I think it's a, it, on there's two reasons why it's an issue. Number one, it's misleading the public. It's misleading the fans of this of MLS who who you know they take a lot of the stuff on face value or you know they, when they get stuff pushed on them enough, you start believing it because you you get bombarded with it over and over. And more importantly, uh, ML, you know MLS academies need to do better. 
they aren't doing enough. They aren't producing enough talent. They aren't producing enough first-team players. And uh, it, it's become so easy to, to label all these players who are spending three, two, three, three, four years in college, players who spent you know three, four, five years at other youth academies and then come to an MLS academy and spend one year, two years, you know, not even a two full years. In one case that I mentioned in my story, you had a player who didn't even have a full year with his academy, but because MLS wanted the kid under contract, they signed him and let him uh, uh, put in his time after he signed his contract, mm-hmm. which is like such a farce. Now, I get why MLS has to do this stuff, but then don't turn around and try to spin this idea that these players are your Produ- like you've produced these players, and and anyone who watched, if you watch the if you watch the inter- I'll, I'll I'll end with this. If you watch the international game, if you follow the international game, La Liga, the Premier League, any of the other top leagues, you see the progression. You see these players that were developed for years and years and years, and then they become first team players. That's a homegrown player, a player who started out. Before he was even in the double digits in his age, when you're talking six, seven, eight, nine years old, and put their five, six years into an academy and they get developed, they make it to the first team, they become pros. That's a homegrown player, folks. Not somebody that an MLS team had for less than two years and all of a sudden want to parade around like they 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 showed them the game when they really didn't. Oh, so you're telling me that DeAndre Yedlin? Are you kidding me? I was He's a homegrown player. He has to be, right? <clears throat> <laughs> not he's not yet he's a he, he's a product of the state of washington exactly soccer system yeah the sounders are a part of that but he is not a product of the seattle sounders as much as the seattle Sounders would love people to believe that now they deserve the credit for develop, developing him once he became a pro giving him a chance to start yeah, once he became him, a pro that that's the key phrase right there right so that that's all i'm saying like the it's 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 a slippery slope when you start to portray these players as homegrown players, as players that came up through academies. Uh, I get why the, you know there's so many reasons why they want to try to push this, but just so people realize, don't believe everything you read, uh, and follow things a little more closely. And and, and I'm telling you, it, 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 right now MLS academies are just not doing a good enough job. That doesn't mean none of them are doing a good job. Some academies are doing well. Mm-hmm. Some academies have produced talent. FC Dallas has produced talent. DC United has produced talent. Colorado has had a few guys come up uh, and help in the first team, guys like Shane O'Neill. Uh, you know, I'm Sporting Kansas City, and now they've got some guys coming, John Kempin uh, and Eric Palmer-Brown, some younger guys that are starting to see some minutes. So you're seeing some teams do it. Uh, DC, you know, Bill Hamid's homegrown player. They sold Andy Nahar, another homegrown player. So some teams are doing it, but as a whole, it's not good enough. And especially when MLS is talking about how they're spending tons of money, they're spending more money than ever on player development. Uh, the time, will, hopefully, the time will come when MLS academies are doing what they need to be doing in terms of producing first team talent. But right now, they're not. And instead of producing first team talent, they're pushing a false narrative that they are. And they're fa- and frankly, they're not. Well, it's I mean, to me, you know, since I worked in the academy system. You know, I, I still see it. You know, five years away till till they get to that level where they're starting to produce that player. And, and look, and some teams like the LA Galaxy have taken that initiative of doing the USL Pro Team of being able to bridge that gap to keep that guys there. And you're seeing it pay off. You know, with a guy like Bradford Jamison 
or Raul Mandiola, who's another guy who could possibly move up. But I mean, I'm in the same page as you. And when some of these guys, you know, they prayed, oh, we had this guy when, you know, he played a few years at this other academy where, look, this other academy is just as prestigious. The one thing that does stand out to me, and we did talk about this, Ivis, when you look at this past year, the U.S. Development Academy final, the U18 game, there was no MLS teams in the U18 final. That, to me, is a concern. The MLS team should be in that final <coughs> winning that championship game. To have two non-MLS teams in there, come on. That, that is bad, and that's, that's very bad for these MLS Academy teams not to have a kid up there. Right. Not well, have not, a team not, up there, excuse me. Not, well, not, well, not only that, you also recently had, I believe, uh, was it the U15 level? Where you had MLS teams play Mexican teams and they pretty much got shut out. They didn't win a single match. I don't. When was that? I, don't, I do not remember that. Uh, that was pretty. It was actually, a, I think, a week or two ago. Mm. You just had you just had MLS teams go. I think there was one team that got a tie. <clears throat> I don't remember the exact record, but I think it was like 07 and one, and there was some pretty big blowouts. That's bad. Mexican the uh, Mexican academy teams wiped the floor with MLS academy teams, and it just shows you that w- it, it makes you ask the real question: How? well are these academies really doing and there needs to be questions asked about if especially if you have don garber coming out and saying well we you know mls spends more money now on player development than ever before we spend more money on player development now than we spent on like salaries five years ago or whatever the the quote was if if you're putting that much of an investment in and you're not seeing a legitimate return then you need to ask some questions you need to start making some changes teams need to start getting serious about who they hire and who they have as their academy coaches, their academy uh, directors, it's not good enough, folks. It's not good enough. And, and I, I think I don't think people realize that because they're all they hear is Joe Schmo is uh, academy great, DeAndre Yadlin at the World Cup, academy homegrown, homegrown, Jossie Zardes homegrown, Diego Fagundes, Harrison Ship, Harrison Ship played four years at Notre Dame, folks. I know he I know he played in the in the fire uh, academy system. I know he put some years in, but if you spent four years at Notre Dame playing for Bobby Clark, one of the great coaches in American college soccer history, how are you going to sit here and take credit for developing him when Bobby Clark is the guy who put him through his most important years? Like that, I'm. Uh, it's just it's a disservice to the players. It's a disservice to the teams that are actually helping produce a lot of these players. I mean, you have you have these. You know, I got to end it on this. And I use the analogy in my story. Lionel Messi, he came through La Masia. He came from Argentina to Spain. But it's still known that he spent time in the Newell's Old Boys Mm -hmm. youth system. That's not like a hidden thing. But how many MLS homegrown stars played at other academies you never hear about? You never hear that DeAndre Yellen played at Crossfire. You you hear it a little bit. Uh, Crossfire is a very good academy team up in Washington, too. Right. Uh, but there's just cases like that. So, I, you know, I, I, I know people are going to say, oh, you're just taking shots at MLS. Look, all, I, all I'm saying is this. When, when, when they perpetuate this myth, it becomes easy to hide and gloss over the fact that the academies just aren't doing well enough yet and they need to step it up. <laughs> well, my, my favorite was from the World Cup when I will, na- I will not name their name, but, a, but a, a, a soccer writer goes, Seattle Sounders, first MLS team to have a homegrown player play in the World Cup. That's when I was like, oh, my God, please, no, do not believe that. Oh, Here, here's, right. I mean, it is what it is. You know what? For me, when it comes down to if you can't produce photos of your guy, your your player playing in your academy's uh, uniforms as a young kid, then, then I don't want to hear about homegrown player. I just don't. I mean, uh, you see it all the time, like with Barcelona. You see all these pictures, you know, eight-year-old Xavi, eight-year-old Iniesta 
you know, in their in their in their uh, you know Barcelona attire. Uh, that is a homegrown player, folks. When you put your years and years and years and years in, not when you take a guy who's already a star on the youth soccer level and then you snatch him up, put a jersey on him, call him homegrown, sign him to a pro deal a year later, and you develop him. Give me a break. Yeah. Well, you know, another example, Steven Gerrard, a guy All who's right. been at the club forever. Well, he was Everton. He was an Everton. Uh, oh, that's fan. right. That's right. As a, as a very very yeah, that's, young. That, that was super super young. But right. But no one questions point. it because so. he put his years in at Liverpool. Exactly. So I, that's all I'm saying, folks. So just think about that next time you hear someone uh, trumpeting a homegrown player. Do a little homework, dig, and see how much time that player actually spent in that academy. Uh, well, if you don't agree with Ivis, go to his article on Goal.com. Check it out and let him know that he doesn't know anything about homegrown players. If you want, it's on Goal.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving over to the Americans abroad front, Ivis John Brooks dropped to the reserves. What's going on with this? Well, basically, he wasn't playing well enough. And uh, the thing is, right, they, they've got a couple of veteran center backs. Now, when they signed Johnny Haitinga, uh, the former Dutch international, uh, you know, former Premier League, longtime Premier League player, uh, there was when you saw that, you were like, uh oh, are they uh, is Brooks going to be able to, to, to get regular playing time when they have two? Solid veteran center backs. Now, he got his opportunity to play, and he didn't play well, and he didn't impress. Now, the manager looks at this, and uh, the reports out of Germany, I, I guess there was some confusion among some people who thought he actually had been cut, which that's just dumb. I mean, why would anyone think you would cut a 21-year-old 20 player who just scored a goal in the World Cup? Why in the hell would you cut a guy like that? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. They've dropped him to the, to the, uh, to the reserves, U21s. And he's still young enough, and that's and he's not the first. It should be pointed out he's not the first American to have this happen to him. Just in the last few months, Will Packwood, also at Birmingham City, was dropped to the U21s. Now, why does this happen? It's pretty simple. If you're uh, if you're a team, pro team, you have a young center back who's talented, uh, but you're not going to get him games, or it doesn't look like he he's he, he's someone you can count on to start for you. Do you leave him on your bench, or do you put him on a, a level lower so he gets regular games? And just continues to develop. And so from that standpoint, it's obviously disappointing that John Brooks isn't going to be starting in the Bundesliga in the immediate future. But it's not the end of the world. He's young. He's what is he? 21. He's still 21, right? I think he's 21. He's still very young. The next World Cup's three and a half years away. Uh, so I think he's going to be all right. I think I don't think anyone should, should start pressing the panic buttons on him. Uh, so I think he'll be all right. He just... It just shows that he's not the finished product yet. And I feel like I said that I don't know how many times about him. As impressive as he looked uh, for the U.S. Uh, in, the, in the World Cup, he has the quality. There's no doubt about it. Young players, though, consistency is always the key. Can, can a player develop consistency? He still needs that in his game. And when you're playing for a team in Hertha, that's, you know, you, you, you got uh, relegation to worry about. You're in the Bundesliga fighting tooth and nail. You've got some veteran center backs that you can start in place of the kid. Why not drop him to the reserve? So it's not the end of the world, but it just reminds us how tough things are in Europe. Uh, a week after playing uh, for Hamburg, Ivis, uh, Julian Green still out with an injury, rib injury for him. I mean, how serious is this? I mean, is it going to be prolonged or is it just precautionary uh, for him to get back uh, healthy 100% a little bit quicker? Well, the reports were uh, a rib injury. Now, he missed the midweek game they had, uh, I believe, against Moshe Gladbach. So now he's missed the second game. And Hamburg, Hamburg cannot catch a break. They were tied 1-1 with, uh, against uh, Timmy, Timmy Chandler and Eintracht Frankfurt. And then uh, they give up a set-piece goal in the 89th minute. Beautiful goal, by the way, uh, from Chelsea Loney, Lucas Piazon. Uh, and Hamburg is in la- they're in dead last in, in the Bundesliga. 
They've got two points out of what is it, five six matches. They look like they're going to get relegated. They almost they they damn near got relegated last year. They're they're a mess, absolute mess. It's a shame too because it's such a beautiful city, and and obviously Hamburg used to be a, a pretty good team, but they're they're really down in the dumps and uh, they've already ha- they've already had a coaching change. So you, 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 you're hopeful that Julian Green can get healthy, can get on the field, and can help them turn some things around. But you know, right now it's not looking good for Hamburg. I gotta tell you. And bringing it back to home, I have a Sacramento Republic FC defeated Harrisburg City Islanders 2-0 to zero in the USL Pro Championship match. Looks like my prediction came true. <laughs> I think we're going to have to go back to that original episode when you said Orlando City is going to walk away with it. And I said, no, I think Sacramento's going to win it. And you and you were like, what? What are you talking about? Orlando City, it's a lock. They're gonna, no one's going to beat them. I'm going to have to look it up. I don't know what episode. If you're listening to the show and you remember the episode, I remember let me know. saying that all mid to this. All right, so just take it easy, Ivis. <laughs> you changed your pick. Just admit it. Yeah, I changed my pick. But just, okay, thank you. Relax. Thank you. All right. I just relax. like this. Hey, I got to glue it. I got to glue it a little bit. Um, but look, a big win for a, a, a team and a city that had such a great debut. Uh, first-year team, and they just blew it out of the water. All of a sudden, they're on the radar for MLS. Uh, and, and look, it, this win doesn't mean anything in terms of, oh, should they be in or not, in MLS or not, but just the season as a whole, f- to go so perfectly the way it did. The fans, uh, it, it just builds momentum for them. You got to think next year's going to be even better for them as far as attendances, uh, drawing even bigger crowds and helping them. They're pushed to MLS, and right now they're looking great for MLS. I would, I do want to point out Preki. You got to give him some credit. Uh, for for leading that team to a title, we're talking about a coach who, when you look at his track record, I mean, at Chivas USA, I thought he did pretty well. Uh, he probably did. I think only Bob Bradley did better than him of all the coaches to pass through there. And actually, I think before this year, I think even in, even including this year, I think he still has the best record of uh, percentage wise of any coach to ever coach TFC. Uh, and then he got run out of there. So you look at this win and you ask yourself, is he someone that MLS teams might want to consider? Uh, down the road for for a job at MLS, you know maybe maybe he's someone that uh, deserves another shot. Yeah, just to piggyback on what you said, I, I was up in Sacramento for one of their games. The, the city, I, I it's it was awesome. The, everyone was into it. It was it was when they were playing at the bigger stadium where they getting twenty thousand people. But uh, Sacramento, man, I, it's crazy, Ivis. We, we talked about this, I think two two shows ago. It's just, I mean, look, if, if you really had them pegged two years ago as a potential MLS club, I mean, I think people would have thought you were crazy. It's just it's amazing to go amazing to, it's amazing to see what the support of fans can do for a franchise and Sacramento man they, they have that with their fans it's awesome right it's not just the support of the fans but the support of the fans combined with uh, a front office and an ownership that knows what they're doing I mean it, it's a you know it's all to get, it all it all comes together right because I mean it a fan base like that doesn't just come out of nowhere I mean you do need you do need a, an ownership group that knows what they're doing. And this group seems to know what they're doing, and and right now you gotta like their chances uh, to one day be an MLS, and uh, you know hopefully they keep building on this. And with that, we have reached the SBI Q and A. You can always submit your questions on Twitter using the hashtag Ask the SBI Show, and they don't always have to be about soccer. I mean, they could be about whatever you want to ask Ivis and myself. First question comes from Javier Zavaleta: Does Robbie Rogers deserve a look at left back for the U.S. Men's National Team? Also, where does John Brooks move if he isn't wanted? If if he isn't wanted at Hertha Berlin? Okay, yes, we've said it before. I feel like I've said it definitely more than a few times. Robbie Rogers is playing the best left back in MLS. He's uh, he's really taken to the position. He will get a look sooner than later. I at, at the very at the very least, he'll get a January look. 
so yes, I think he should get a look. As far as John Brooks, as we as we pointed out earlier in the show, I don't think it's a case of, of Hertha not wanting him. I just think it's a case of they have veteran center backs who are playing who are just better. And he didn't show well enough when given the opportunity. They want to keep developing him, so they're going to drop him down to the U21s. And and, and I'm you know it, it, clearly it's a demotion, but it, it, to say that they don't want him, I think is a stretch. Uh, next question comes from Douglas Huntley. You're the president of U.S. Soccer, Klinsman or Arena? Oh, Galaxy yeah. just look incredible. <laughs> right. Well, well look. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Galaxy do look incredible, but you know you can't you can't look at that and say, oh, you know, he's better than Klinsman because he has the ass playing well and this and that. Uh, I, Arena's a great coach, right? Uh, he put his time in with the U.S. He's they, they've been through that already. Um, so you know he had his turn. Now it's Klinsman's turn. He had his two cycles. Now it's Klinsman's turn for his second cycle. Uh, and obviously the chapters have yet to be written on. Uh, the final chapter, the final prognosis on Klinsman's era have yet, has yet to be written. And we're going to find out in these next couple of years just how good a coach he was. Next question is from Beard J. What are your odds of the LA Galaxy landing Pirlo next season, as rumors suggest? I think they're going to sign someone like him. I think, I think a, a, a high-profile player, uh, you know, LA with the money that they have. Uh, the marketing muscle that they have. They have to go get a player like Pirlo. So uh, I don't know what their odds are of him specifically, but I'd put, I put, put it at about 75% that they're going to sign someone of that caliber. So I like their chances of signing somebody that good, and I actually personally hope it is Pirlo. I just hope Pirlo is in MLS sooner than later because I still think he's amazing. And, and he, he, the guy is the coolest person. Like, it, it's just... His swag is just on a million, right? I mean, the guy with the beard, and he looks like he... And no matter what he's doing, he looks like he could care less. Like, he's just so... Like, nothing phases the guy. So, I hope he's in the league. Uh, next question comes from Vanessa. What are your thoughts on the Timbers after Saturday's debacle? I think Will Johnson, that hurts him a lot. I think that's a big blow. I think the defense, there's still questions there. Uh, that, 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 yeah, man, they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. No, no doubt about it. But as I said before... This is where Caleb Porter is going to earn his money, and I think he's I think he's a coach that rises to challenges, and I think he's going to find a way. He's going to he's going to find the pieces to put together, but it's a much tougher task. Uh, for the longest time, I I had them as a lock to get in, but now I'm not so sure. Now I think Vancouver, if Vancouver gains some confidence now in these next couple games, Portland could definitely be in trouble. Uh, last question comes from Chance. What is your favorite song right now? Uh, my favorite song right now is "All About the Money" by Troy Ave. Uh, the the beat the beat and the piano riff it's just I can't get enough I'm killing it right now it it should be pointed out that the the the, the Bobby Schmurder dance that the uh, the Bobby Schmurder songs that that killed it all summer have officially jumped the shark when you have Ryder Cup players doing the Schmoney dance yeah uh, that's that's pretty bad man pretty bad so it, it's a little it happens it, it always happens you know these these good you know these these, these kind of cool dances these cool songs they once they kind of they get to a, they, that critical mass where it's like it's too like you know and a song that comes to mind recently uh turned down for what right turned down for what was the jam in the club months 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 ago you, you when it came on the club you're like oh this is the this is like it's just it's just the best song ever and then fast forward to like four months and like you know my kids are singing it and I'm like, yeah, no, I can't. It, it's not it. <laughs> it's not it anymore. It's not. I'm not feeling it anymore. But yes, if if, if you like hip hop, obviously, you know, 
if you're asking me about music, you probably know I'm a hip hop head. Uh, All about the money by Troy Ave is the next joint. It's the next for me. It's the next like hot one. The next hot hot song. Nice. I don't. I don't even know what I listen to, so I can't answer that question. There you go. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, and it, listen, if you're looking for music, I don't know how old you are, but you can always track down the beats that we play on the intros. It's always old school hip hop, and I'm always amazed at young heads, younger. You know, we're talking. You know, people who are like 22, 23, and younger, who like have no idea about like 90s hip hop music. And uh, I know I'm an old man, but I, I still got to believe some of that stuff is still good enough to 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 sound good to the young guys that are out there now. Yeah, and if you don't know what the song is, just Shazam it. So everyone always asks. I see that asks. I see that all the time. Just Shazam it. I mean, that's what Shazam has been created for. It's outstanding. So does everybody? Uh, does everybody have Shazam? I wonder. They should have Shazam. That's like a must. That's a, it, that should be on the front, on your front. If, if you have an iPhone, it should definitely be on your front page of of apps. Well, I have I'd a say. I have a Galaxy, and yes, Shazam is also. On the on the top of my apps too, I'm looking nice. at some of the songs that I've shazammed lately. It's all over the place, <laughs> like nice. all over the place. Nice. It's I, I still I, I think I still have some some uh, some EDM songs from Brazil that I need to, that I need to shazam that like I recorded I recorded them on because it, like shazam didn't work in in the clubs in Brazil some of the clubs I went to mm-hmm. but the, some of the songs were like just amazing and like. So I, I would record, I would do video of the like the DJ set just to record the music, so I could Shazam it later. Ooh. So, so hopefully, I, hopefully, I find some gems that from because I tell you the 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 house the, the house music scene and the and the EDM scene in Brazil, as you would expect, was pretty pretty good. Just like uh, just like in South Africa, the, the the house music, as you would imagine, the house music the house music in South Africa, if you like house music, is unbelievable. So. Uh, there's all this music around the world that that we just don't get exposed to when we're here in America, uh, but that's you know it's what the internet internet and some homework will do for you. House music. I don't think I've ever gone to a place that plays house music that is like so not my scene, Ivis. Yeah, that would require rhythm, actually. I think. What's that, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You walked right into that. One. I can dance. I'm actually a very good dancer. Yeah. All right. Hell, of course, dude. How do you think I got my girlfriend? I met her at a wedding, dude. I mean, come on. I, I can't be some scrub that can't dance. Come on, well, man. Doing, well, doing the electric slide at a wedding doesn't exactly mean you can dance. Dude, I, I, <laughs> I think it's so lame when they play that stuff at weddings. Like, which, like which, cel- you know, like celebration and like the electric slide. I mean, that, this, that stuff is so lame. <laughs> you know they're gonna play it at your wedding, so no, they're not. I, I think I'm gonna, if I if I do married, I'm gonna get like a like a salsa band, like something something like that, or I'm gonna get salsa. one of my buddies to DJ it and like play like good music, you know. I'm sure there'll be some kid kid Cudi because that's like your that's your go to. I do like Kid Cudi and Lupe Fiasco, those two right there. Nice. Am but, I am I am I invited to the wedding? If you want to, what are you gonna give me? Are you gonna give me a gift? I, I I would I would be there I would probably, I would have to be there I think of course I, I need you to come man yeah you're invited Ivis all right I appreciate it first off I'm not even engaged yet why am I ta- <laughs> why am I talking about this <laughs> listen man it's already we already I feel like we we we, we seek we cover this a, a little piece by piece a, a, exposing the, the the realities of your situation that we it's gonna happen we know it's gonna happen. I just feel like the older guys who listen to this show who have been listening to it since the very beginning have like seen me gone from like single and like yeah going out and blah but to me like yeah i live in my house and i did chores on sunday instead of watching football i had a great sunday 
I know we've all, the show's only been around a year and a half, so you've grown you've done you've grown up quite a bit uh, in the in our 168 episodes. Well, yeah, we're approaching what two years, right? Two years will be January. January will be two years. Yeah, so two I, years. I think we'll, I think we'll hit 200. Sh- I have to map it out and see maybe we can. We're not no because here's what you know, you're going to map it out and you'll be like, oh, we'll hit 200 if we do three shows a week, like we did last time to get to 100 shows. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, clearly we have more time this time since obvi- since apparently you're not coming to MLS Cup. So I think we... we I'm we trying, should... dude. I am trying on that, man. I had another discussion that... <laughs> Let's shoot. I tell you what. not go that well. This is, this is the, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have you either come to the combine or come to the draft. One of the two. I'll work it out. We'll have you there. And we'll try to do the 200th episode around one of those events. Well, why don't why don't you and I just do a live show of the draft? I you are Mel Kuyper and then I'm Todd McShay. A live show. Interesting. A live show. Well, so I, just... I have the, I have hair, so maybe I'm Mel Kuyper. You could be like you could be like <laughs> listen, you, listen, you could be listen. Chris you could be Chris Berman hey, if you hey. want. I may not have as much hair as I used to, but I still have hair for now. <laughs> Uh, I, I, so settle down with the hair, okay? I mean, I I gave you bad. Chris. I gave you Chris Berman. There's nothing wrong with that. He ain't, he's not looking that good right now. So I don't know <laughs> if that's a. I don't know if that's a compliment. Okay, I mean, you know, here let's do NFL Network. You can be Deion Sanders. Who watches that? Nobody watches that. Oh, it's much better. Know. And I'll be uh, Michael Irvin. Fair enough. Look at that. You know, those... you're, older, you're older than both of them. <laughs> I'll be Mortensen. I'll be Chris Mortensen. There you go. Okay, Mortensen that's fine. And you're and you're, uh, you're, you're uh, Adam Schefter. How about that? All right, enough enough football. We can't talk football because we'll, we'll absolutely uh, we'll piss off the diehard soccer fans. Whenever. And for the record, I don't really watch football that much anymore, so it is what it is. I and only you're... pay attention once the season starts. That that's that's it. And you know what? Soccer's replaced all my other sports. I don't even watch. Wait, I didn't even watch one any of baseball this year. Soccer, soccer, and your quasi marriage have replaced. Yeah, uh... take it easy. <laughs> all right, Ivis. Well, as we wrap up the show, man, anything else we need to talk about? Uh, just a few things. We are uh, make sure you come check out SBI. Uh, we're we're on a push. That we're going to be dropping a lot of stuff over the next couple of days. So make sure you're you're on SBI as often as possible. Uh, give us some love on there, and obviously uh, <clears throat> we're going to have some new uh, some new elements on on the site uh, in in the coming days, and some changes on the site in the coming days and weeks. So uh, keep an eye out for that. <clears throat> and obviously, you know, as we say all the time, if you can want to give us a review. On iTunes, make sure you, you do that as well because we, we love getting feedback. Whether it's on iTunes or if you just want to add a comment in the comment section of this show uh, on the site, uh, do that as well. Let us know what you like. Obviously, we know one of the big things we want to try to do is start having guests again. Uh, hopefully, this week we can break that rut of not having guests. We're going to try to shoot for that. We're going to try to actually do a Tuesday show. Uh, I don't want to jinx it, but we're hoping to try to do that as well. So keep an eye out for that. I'm free Tuesday. So unless you somehow get busy. I'm good to go. All right, we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna, now, and now, we—it's not just having a show Tuesday. We need to have some guests. So, that's—I can do that. All right, I got a few in mind. I got a few—a uh, few guests that I want to try to track down. That's fine. I'm, I'm free Tuesday, man. That's my recovery day. I play divas on Monday night, so Tuesday, you know, it's, that's rest and recover day. So I'll be around. <laughs> so you spend all day with an ice pack in your face after getting <laughs> elbowed. Uh... <laughs> it happens, yeah. Ivis. It happens. <laughs> All right, my man. Well, and, and to piggyback what I said, yes, please give us some reviews on iTunes and in the comments. We do read the feedback, and we do some of the, you know, we, we, we do appreciate it because, you know, it helps us improve the show, you know, because I'm sure, you know, if you listened to the show a year ago, you know, when the show first started, you've seen how we've improved the show. We want to continue to improve the show, and, you know, we appreciate everyone listening to the show. So 
Uh, Ivis, I'm going to let you go, man. Pretty early night for us, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, 3.25 a.m. Eastern time. Pretty early. That's, that's pretty early for us. Yeah, kind of. Almost. Big week. Big week ahead. Big week ahead. Yeah. Well, try to get some. Yes. All right, Ivis. Well, I'll catch you later, buddy. All right. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Ivis and I will be back later this week. This is the SBS Show.